Movies entertain. Entertainment leads to emotions. Those emotions connect us to our enjoyment of film. And that is why we exist. To focus on the emotional connection more than the technical merit. Because every movie makes us feel something. Welcome everyone to Minisode 48 of the Feelin' Film Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Aaron, and here with me to chat about rookie director Bo Burnham's new feature film, Eighth Grade, is my Connecting with Classics co-host, Don Shanahan from Every Movie Has a Lesson. Hello everyone, good evening. Eighth Grade is currently generating a lot of buzz, and most everyone who has seen this darling indie has loved it, myself and Don included. As of the recording of this film... As of the recording of this podcast, that is, the film is available in most major American markets, uh, with the hopes of continuing expansion in the coming weeks. The film stars Elsie Fisher as a 13-year-old Kayla, and follows her as she endures the tidal wave of contemporary suburban adolescence while making her way through the last week of middle school, the end of her thus far disastrous eighth grade year. Director-writer Bo Burnham is most known for his comedy, so humor was definitely a big part of this film. But it has an amazing amount of heart and life lessons, Don's favorite, as well. Now, we are a podcast that is best listened to after you've seen the film. That is to say, we are going to spoil it. However, as with many coming-of-age stories, this movie isn't so much one about surprises, but it's about enjoying the journey with our character. And to that end... I personally don't feel the film will be completely ruined if you choose to listen on without seeing it first. I second that entirely, absolutely. But you should see it uh, because it's wonderful. And movies like this need our dollars to keep getting made. So listening or not, here's your chance to make that decision. Okay, so for everyone still with us, thank you. We hope you love the movie if you saw it, and we're excited to talk about it. Don, why don't you kick us off? As always, we get started with our one-word takeaways. Oh my gosh, my one word takeaway without expounding on it or it would be terrifying to say it in a brief way. Um, I, I'm going back in real life outside of all the movie stuff here. I'm a school teacher and, um, I'm switching jobs this, this coming fall. I'm going from an elementary setting as an instructional coach to teaching middle school. Uh, it's my first time back in the classroom full time in seven years. And, uh, it's my first time teaching middle school full time ever in my career. The last time I taught middle school was student teaching back in college and it was for, uh, it was middle school social studies and I loved it. It was the job I wanted when I came out of college, but, um, I kind of got dragged into elementary and never left. But, um, when I watched eighth grade, I could, I could not stop sitting there and thinking, Oh my God. I have to teach these kinds of kids in like two months. I don't know if I'm ready for this. Like just whatever it was, their issues, their drama, their temperament, their, their, their lingo, the way they, the way they view the world. I'm not used to that. I'm used to snot nosed little elementary kids, not these hormonal full bodied middle school kids. So I, and not, I was terrified in a career and professional way. And then I'm also terrified because Oh my God, that's the world my kids are growing up into as well. And I have a five-year-old and a three-year-old and I'm not close to adolescence yet, but I know people like yourself are right there in it. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, is this what parents are dealing with these days in terms of teens and kids? And, and I've always gotten a glimpse of that, but I've never really felt it all the way. And I'm like, I'm, I'm going to get, I'm going to get a big dose of this when I step into work in August and terrified, terrified was my one word takeaway. Just like, Oh my, Oh, just 
all of the deer in headlights, wide open eyes, stunned astonishment. I, I, I'm not surprised. I have a, a very good friend of mine who is a middle school teacher and a team coach. He coaches soccer, both girls and boys at this exact age group level. And some of the stories that he tells um, mm. in the evenings to, to our friend group is they are they're crazy and it's it's wild. And, and this movie seemingly captures exactly that from the classroom perspective. For me, my one word takeaway is awkward. I bet I had, <laughs> I had an opportunity to see this film back in May when it played at the Seattle International Film Festival. In fact, uh, one of my co-hosts at the time, Matt Oaks, was talking about this film in our second SIF coverage episode. Um, so if you're interested in checking out that and hearing about some other movies that will be coming out later this year around you, hopefully, you can go listen to those episodes. They're a lot of fun. But I chose to wait until I could watch it with my daughter. Um, that was definitely the right choice for me, and I'm going to talk about that more here just in a little bit. But my one more takeaway comes from something that she said to me after the movie was over. She said, the movie is just as awkward as middle school itself. And man, that just stuck with me because really it is. There are several instances of what you could consider to be unslick camera work. Um, there are scenes that result in an uncomfortable duration. And then there's these moments of bouncing back and forth between a viewpoint of hypersensitivity, um, hypersenses, and then one from kind of the outside looking in these different perspectives. And it's, it's seemingly all over the place at mm -hmm. times, but Burnham knows what he's doing. And I contend that it is all in service of this experience that the film is wanting us to have. And that it's really brilliant because while we're going on this emotional journey with Kayla, I think that the style of the film is communicating the senses that she is experiencing at the time, which is what my daughter was able to pull out of it by feeling like it was awkward. Um, and that's in the most positive of ways. Yeah. I love the way you say it with senses, because like you said, that, that I noticed too, that same awkward camera work where shots would linger, a reaction would linger. Um, they would just stay on a, a shot or a, a reaction just a note or two longer than it would be normally be comfort. Some of them humorous, some of them dramatic, some of them, terrifying to use my stupid word again but um but at the same time i also enjoyed um the score of the film where once tensions and nervousness came that electronic score that was used would just swell up and tense up and bubble through and almost like blare enough to kind of fog another sense or two that you had during a scene and it, because of that just like you said that kind of that topical feel of the film is just really really unique because it's not this oh shucks kind of you know quip worthy cringe comedy where everything's a gag and everything's a setup and everything's a, a long extended kind of you know uh gag is the, the word again but um yeah i just I, I love the way it went after your senses yeah i agree completely on the score in fact one of my fellow critics had tweeted out after the film was over that he hated the score and it just it kind of made me you know, be interested in this comparison way where, because he's a young man, he's, uh, yeah. he's somewhere in his late to or early twenties uh, to late teens, I believe. And he's about to take off and go to film school. And, um, you know, he evaluates film in a very different way than I do as a 39 year old father and working man. And so 
um, he's looking at it from a different perspective and different set of eyes. And for him, it was jarring in, in a negative sense. But for me, it just, it sucked me in because it made me feel again, like Kayla is experiencing these senses. One of the biggest and most powerful ones for me was when she stands in front of the window, looking out at the pool party, you know, that camera zooms out and, mm-hmm. and, and you see, and you can just feel like we're going inside her head and we've all been there. Yeah. Everything around us slows down. Time starts to stop. We are freaking out. And that noise, that pounding noise is everything is just confusing you and you're nervous and you're scared and you don't know what to yeah. do. And then we burn them pulls out and we just hear, you know, splashing and laughing and mm-hmm. just a normal sound as she's trying to and then and you get that great humor moment too where she's trying yeah. to get the door and she can't get the door open it's awful awkward and stuff um so yeah i love the score i thought it was it's really well implemented as well yeah it's uh, not a score it's not a score you're going to put on cd and oh no to in it's, your not car. To. It, it, it's pure it's pure atmosphere and, it, and mm-hmm. it's right where it needs to be yeah that's interesting actually too that you mentioned that because Normally, we think of the best scores of the year as ones that mm-hmm. you would want to buy and listen yeah. to on repeat. And you're and you're absolutely correct. This is not that. You know, it's got some some good songs, but mm-hmm. I don't know that listening to these songs in any kind of back to back order would make any sense at all. No, but they're perfect. The moments yeah. that they're using the movie, absolutely. Well, I mentioned that you know I went to see this with my daughter, so I, I kind of want to talk about that a little bit more. She is 15, recently turned 15. Uh, She just finished her ninth grade year, so we're a little bit past this. Um, But my son is about to go into eighth grade next year. So I'm kind of sandwiched between, in ages, this exact idea that is being talked about. God um, bless you, man. Boy, watching this with my daughter, um, you know, I, I was not aware going in that she had a single father as a parent. Mm-hmm. Um, and that added another layer to it, uh, because I am divorced. And in fact, my ex-wife was with us, um, with a French foreign exchange student that we have staying with them. And so that was interesting, you know, uh, but I'm sitting next to my daughter and we're watching it and it was just a, a really interesting thing. And so I asked her for some of her takes, right. And, and I'm going to read some of those if you don't mind, cause I, I just found yeah, it guess, fascinating absolutely. to hear what she thought, you know, yeah. I mean, that's the target demo for sure. And, it really is. Yeah. And, and it's um, funny because it's an R film. And mm-hmm. normally you wouldn't necessarily think, well, we should go see it. But this is a really light R movie. It's language. Simple it, as that. It is, but it's no, it's it's not any worse no. than things I hear in every day in school. And I think that's the point. Exactly. That's one of the points, right? Um, so a couple things she said is, she says, it's definitely accurate. Because I asked her, I said, does this feel like eighth grade to you? She said, it's definitely accurate. Um, considering especially that one of the eighth graders in our own family has a YouTube channel and another one is on his Snapchat all the time. She said that every time somebody says like or um or you know, especially that really long first video from Kayla or all of that awkward laughter, that that's very realistic. And it's something I experience with her, my daughter, all the time. That kind of, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like, I don't know if I'm supposed to laugh, but I feel like it's the socially correct thing to do at this time. And so right. I'm kind of, kind of, kind of laugh and, and it's very, you can't fake it. So it <laughs> doesn't come out yeah. right. It's weird. She said, um, she didn't give me a connecting point kind of, she said that the part that she connected with the most was the short little scene with the puberty video. And, and she didn't elaborate on it. And I didn't ask her to, because let me tell you, 
that was hard to watch. If you're a dad and you're sitting mm-hmm. next to your teenage daughter and you know what has been happening in her life in the last couple of years, that was awkward for me. There's a couple moments imagine. in this movie that were very awkward for me. And that was really, yeah. really weird. But I could see her face um, when she was watching this and it, you could just sense the recognition um, that she had gone through this. She was shaking her head. Her mom looked over at her and gave her like a stare and kind of a smirk like, grin. And like, clearly they have had a conversation about this and I, mm. I don't want to know, don't want to know, but, right. um, <laughs> but it was interesting. She pointed out how realistic that was. Um, and then, you know, the fact that the principal dabbed and in the video, they say it's lit. She said that they try to do that all the time. They try to use the lingo. I actually yeah. got scolded on quite a few times and I got, banned from ever saying the word gucci or doing the as my daughter says the hand thingy again i'm doing it What's, right now on camera and you yeah can't see but, well that's why describe the hand thingy just for the, so the hand thingy is like an it's like an okay symbol you uh-huh. make a circle with your thumb and your forefinger and then you put your three fingers up like rooster you know feathers okay. or something sure um and so You're this is anymore huh i remember this being a game back when i was growing up where you would you would make this circle and you would hold it somewhere, like down right. by your side. And if somebody looked at it, uh-huh. you would get to punch them. Right. I remember the same. Yeah. And so now I don't know what it means, but like they throw this symbol up and Kayla does it all the time and says Gucci. And so now I'm doing it intentionally <laughs> to annoy my daughter and she hates it. It's great. boy, You're doing so I, parenting right. I also asked her, I said, you know, what was it like to watch it with me? And her response was that it was better for her seeing it with me because she said she could look at me as the movie dad was doing or saying something and it reminded her of me. Absolutely. Especially when he would make dad jokes that (laughs) sound like the ones that I would come up with, which I I don't know if that's a compliment or a dig. I I mean, I think, I think you being present period and being actively engaged period, even in a dad joke makes you better than the average dad. Well, I think I admit I, when I watched this movie and saw the single dad, I completely thought of you. Well, 100%. that is awesome because I felt, I thought of me too. And I, I can admit, like I saw so much of myself in this character mm-hmm. oh, cause he is, he's engaged uh, in his kids' lives. He tries yeah. now. I don't have, I have a much more fun and connective relationship with my kids. I, right. I've gone through the same stages of separation with them where they mm-hmm. don't want any part of me. And I pray I never do. Right. Um, but yeah, there are moments in this, man, that are so me. That was part of the beauty of it. Just every time something would be on screen, we would be like glancing at each other. And, you know, I'd catch catch her uh, smirking at me and just grinning. And, uh, you know, like, what was it? Some, some, at one point he, he says, sometimes dads are just really weird. And my daughter just gives me like the look, man, mm-hmm. like dad, this is so you. So yeah. It was great. Um, a yeah. fantastic experience. And I wholly recommend it. Listeners, if you've gotten this far and you haven't seen the movie, take your teenagers. Um, yes. Or your go soon together. To, or soon to be teenagers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if, you, if you've if you seen it go and you have teenagers and they weren't with you, go back and take them. Because this is a movie that they are going to enjoy. And I think my perspective is that not a lot of films can do this, bridge this gap right between Agreed. adult and and child and be meaningful for both in similar ways and in different ways um so i wonder what you thought about that well i, I mean for me i this is an um to me this is an antagonist free film 
because how many times have we seen one of these coming of age stories where the parent no villain is the, is the <laughs> villain the anchor the deterrent the you know the 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 avoidance piece of the film and josh hamilton's father is props to josh hamilton really fantastic small little part with a, like you said a lot of nuance a lot of courage in his own a lot of fear in his own where you're right i think i i called it in my review um not just a cultural conversation that has to be had, but a parental one, because I do think despite the awkwardness that you're talking about from this very, very actual experience that many people are going to have the way you had with your daughter. I think these are conversations that need to be had. Awkwardness, bashfulness, winces and all. I think, you know, by having the eighth grader or the team that you're with see this film and, and have that, Oh yeah, that's totally accurate. That's what, that's me. That's us. And then have a parent go, Wait a second. Is this what my my teens and my and and their world is into and what they're up to? It, it, it starts to then close that gap of they don't get me and we don't get us, you know, or they don't get us. And I feel like a lot of times it may be, and like I said, this is just me as a parent of. I mean, I have a parent of toddlers and preschoolers in a way, but I also, but the teaching part of me where I I, I hear about enough kids that just don't connect to their parents and you know the ones the, just the absentee parents who work too much and daycare they're on their own at home and stuff like that so if this forces awkwardness and all those conversations of hey what are you into what are you up to what are your fears what are your aspirations no matter good or bad you know um if those conversations can come out of a film experience like this good and bad it's completely worth it and i feel like this film because it isn't hollywoodized in terms of being a stand-up comedian's typical film of just setups and gags and jokes. Um, like this is an American pie, you know, um, this is, this is a very realistic and empathetic experience that I think each side can really grab something from whether you identify, like you said, with the dad or you identify with the kids, or even if you don't have kids and you look back to gosh, compare your middle school experience to the middle school experience you're watching of today. And to be able to have those like, wow, kids really do have it hard and I can't imagine doing it now with devices or whatever the difference is between your youth and this youth you're watching. Mm -hmm. But I just think the opportunity is there small scale and large scale to have a masterful conversation of just interest and disinterest. Yeah, I agree. And even, even the, the, the girl at school, uh, Kennedy, who she has a contentious relationship. She's never brought into full on villainy. She's no, not mean not girls. I mean, it's not like a, an, antagonistic kind of thing she just is indifferent to right Kayla. she's like you don't exist and that's a real feeling which makes that ending where she goes up to her i mean it's it's probably the most surrealistic maybe unrealistic moment of the film in some ways because you just wonder could that really would that really happen mm-hmm. but what i loved about that moment is she never looks up she looks at the ground the entire time she is talking to Kennedy and and spouting all this and getting this all off her chest because while she has built up this confidence enough to go do this and tell her off and tell her how she really feels, she still can't deal with the what might be on Kennedy's face while it's taking place. And then Kennedy's mom is also another great character who's just barely there, but someone we can relate to because how many of us, and, and I'm not this person, but I certainly know people who are the PTA parent, you know, mm-hmm. who try to do what they feel is the proper thing. They invite all the kids to their house. They try to be the house in the neighborhood that has uh, all of the kids come over and play. My house is right. not my house, my kid's house. 
um, ex-wife's house is like that. They just have free reign. Kids from the neighborhood will come over. And I've seen so much of what you're talking about. Kids who clearly are not getting that attention at home from their parents. And so while I think we see Kayla, who in eighth grade, a lot of times is just like all of us, where we are pushing back and resistant to our parents wanting to be part of our lives. Ultimately, it does impact us. And it does let us know that in that moment when we really need dad, He's going to be there and it's okay. Right. And it shows us that like you, she's, she's resistant, but she's not resistant at the point where she is going to rebel because she has no reason to, because dad is trying to engage. Yeah. No, I, 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 I say this in one of my lessons in the review. Um, this true. I mean, the teenage years feel like a shared experience between the teen who has to do it and the parent who has to guide him through. And I feel like, this film has so many of those moments where you watch a bit of both. You know, when you say, what can parents take away, take away just being observant of what your kids are going through, you know, be aware, be, be in the picture. Um, I know they have that, like you, um, I know you're referencing it in the notes, um, that dinner table conversation where she can't get off her device and the dad's just trying to ask a normal, basic question. And she just, oh, it made me so mad watching it. She she just blows them off. and, And you would hope that this is one of those dinner tables where you're like, Hey, no devices at dinner, but obviously just things lax and things get slip up a little bit and this isn't happening. And, but you, I think a parent watching the film is going to get furious for sure, but at the same time can go, all right, if I know what my kids are into and I understand that it's, that it builds them up whatever way they have to build it up, whatever that validation sense that this documentation generation has that, you know, if it's important enough for them to ignore me, even if it's not really important, it, it's, it's worth at least knowing and understanding. And I know he attempts the, not the best questions to find out what that is as a dad at the dinner table, but you know, then it's that, that, that I guess in a way that dinner table scene, because it's furious because it's, it's lost is it's a cautionary tale. Like don't make your dinners like this then, you know, um, mm-hmm. establish good norms in place, establish just a relationship where you can talk beyond having the device do it for you. So, yep. I love it. And my favorite part of that scene, Don, is when he throws yeah. the green bean at her. Oh, yeah. I love it. And she's like, Dad! Like, she's like, man. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, man, I was cheering him on. And my daughter kind of yeah. punched me. It was great. Like, we were having that mm-hmm. moment with them as they experienced it on screen. So great. Yeah. So, I saw this film. I saw this film. Um, same thing with you in May at a festival. It was uh-huh. the Chicago Critics Film Festival here. And Bo Burnham was in attendance. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, for the film and for a Q&A afterwards. And um, the predominant audience was your typical urban 20-something, 30-something hipster crowd because it's Chicago in an art house theater. But um, it was definitely predominantly women. And the reactions in the film from women, I have to say, I know we're saying this is required viewing for, for teenagers and for parents, but boy, oh boy, is this such an empowerment film for women to just – like we said earlier, but just like validate that, Hey, awkwardness is there and we all have it. But, um, it was just the moment, like the car scene, you know, mm-hmm. um, where just the women in the theater, like, you know, if they could scream at the screen and say, get out of there, they would, you know, and, and just all those moments, uh, or if there was a little victorious moment, kind of like you're saying in that last scene, like just their unbridled reactions to the things that were happening on screen, the humorous ones and the cringeworthy ones was, was such a cool audience to see I it bet. in. Yeah. They remember. Right. And it, Oh my gosh. Those, those that. are the memories that don't go away. The bad ones are the ones that don't go away. Exactly. The, the, the mundane good times. 
they come and go, but the stuff that shivers your soul a little bit because of just a weirded out moment. Oh yeah. Those stick with you. And they I know it in the thirties. Oh my God. No reaction. When she, when he, when he's like pulling over the car, I was like, no, this, I know he's going to do no, no, mm-hmm. no. And I kept looking at my daughter, like, I swear to God, if you ever <laughs> like, you better not. And she, you, we were having like a whole conversation with our eyes. Yeah. Um, and it, it's just, it's very awkward again. It's very intense. Yeah. It's got a little bit of humor to keep it from getting too, too serious when, you know, she's like, she finally agrees the dare. And I'm like, no, 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 no. And she, she's like, put this quarter in your mouth. And I was like, yeah. and then you're cheering for her. You're like, yes, good for you. But it's so great to see her stand up for herself. And so you get to see that, but you also get to see the effects of it on her and how it wrecks her. And she runs home yep. um, completely just mm-hmm. demolished inside over what took place. But yeah, it's so good. Like the whole thing from start to finish, you get these moments constantly throughout it. I wanted to kind of go through the videos because in my opinion, the main thematic you know, device of this film is Kayla makes these YouTube videos and they are supposed to be instructional um, and educational in ways for her peer group. Mm-hmm. And they all kind of have a theme or, or a title to them. And I've written them all down. And I feel like her journey kind of mirrors this. And it gives us like these almost like title cards at, at points through the through the film to, to take us through. And I was wondering what you thought about some of these. Like, So the first one, we'll just take them one at a time and kind of yep. quickly, quickly go through them, both adult perspectives and kids' perspectives, if, if you have anything. Sure. So, she starts off and the whole first video is about be yourself. And mm-hmm. the thing that I noted the most is that that is followed up directly by a scene of her putting on all of her makeup and covering mm-hmm. up all of her zits and all of her imperfections. And I took note actually of how really great she looked in that video. Her skin was just like shining white yeah. and perfect. And then you see her trying to get that way right afterwards. And so it's an immediately hypocritical of what she is saying. Oh, yeah. Did you pull anything out of that video? I did. Um, cause I, I admit it's kind of the lead of my, my review where, you know, it, it, that's the opening scene and you're like, wow, this girl really has her head on, uh, head on straight. This is going to be a fun movie of this really, you know, socially conscious plucky teen that's going to walk us through, you know, eighth grade with confidence, with bounce, with zest. And you're like, boy, this is going to be a fun movie about a girl who gets it or has her head on straight. And then, like you said, it, I, the makeup scene didn't was more the transition, but when we transition from that scene in that first video vlog to her scene at school where she talks to no one, she slouches, shrugs, hides in that hallway. We learn she's voted most quiet, you know, and you're like, Why? is that a thing, by the way, if, if, I don't if, know. Your <laughs> if your school ever tries to give out an award for the most quiet, please shut them down. I completely agree. But so for me, that was the, that was the more evident hypocrisy for me was that she doesn't take her own advice at all. You know, she, she knows it, which means that she's listening. She knows it enough to repeat it out and to put it in. I know it's in all those likes and pauses and run on sentences and terrible, you know, teen grammar, but the content wise, she, she knows what works and what doesn't, but she lacks that next level of confidence or maturity to act on it. And that's such eighth grade where they just, you know, they're close. They've, they've learned a few things. They're obviously sponging and soaking up a zillion things, but they're just not quite to the level of being able to express it in the most fullest mature way. And so that was the more telling thing for me because yeah, that was lesson number one in my review was 
to her first lesson, be yourself. Because that still is the takeaway. That still is the thing they need to do, but they don't do it. I love it. And I, I have intentionally not read your review yet. I'm going to after this because I Ooh, wanted okay. to, I wanted those to come out. And, you yeah. know, I said it in the intro, this is full of these life lessons and these videos are a key component of it that give them to us. And I knew you were just salivating as you were watching this, thinking about oh, yeah. writing your reviews with that unique perspective that you do. So, um, yeah, what you, it's interesting. You, you lead into the next step perfectly when you're talking about this because the next video is putting yourself out there. So it's be yourself. And then that transitions into, well, how do you do that? Well, you've got to, you got to put yourself out there. Uh, and this is the section of the film where she takes a risk and she goes to this pool party that she knows she's not wanted at, mm-hmm. but she's going to do it anyway. Um, and kudos to her for having the guts to take this risk. Ultimately, this pays off because she meets Gab or Gabe whatever his name actually is. Yeah. And, uh, and they form this great little friendship slash romance uh, that is, is, you know, captured at the end of the movie in the final scene. Mm-hmm. But it, you know, this is really important. And I, I find this to be something I've watched my daughter struggle with because she is very shy and started out very shy. And I'll tell this story briefly. We kind of encouraged her when she started ninth grade this year to do something. She's been, I don't want to use the word lazy, but she's lazy. She doesn't like to do anything active. So she's not the soccer star that my son is. She doesn't want to play sports. She, you know, is into art and things that keep her on her butt. And she just doesn't do anything. She has her core little group of friends and never expanded herself out of that. And so we were like, try something, try something. And so she ended up trying this thing called FBLA, Future Business Leaders of America. I've heard of it. It's a club, right? Yeah. And it teaches you in theory, how to be a business leader or uh, a good, um, just well-rounded kind of executive type, you know, background when you're going into college and she fell in love with it. And she went from going to these meetings kind of because we forced her to try something to joining the team of her own free will to competing in some introductory categories for freshmen to winning first place at our state competition to then being a replacement on the second place state uh, parliamentary procedures team that went to Baltimore and competed at national competition. So she went to Baltimore in her very first year for a week to do this competition and she's fallen in love with it and she's embraced it. And it is so her, she loves it. And this is, this was her, I, I couldn't cop, stop thinking about it. Right. Because it was, this is what she did. She put herself out there. She went to the first yeah. club meeting, you know, I was with her. We, we went to an introductory one and we were kind of like, we don't know about all this. Kids were inviting, which was awesome. Kind of like Olivia is in the film treated mm-hmm. her just like that. She was like, you know, come along. And that's so key. Having those mentor type relationships from older yeah. students. Um, if you, if you have one of those, it can really make a difference in these, these kids lives as they are transitioning through these tough grade periods. But that's what I thought of was put yourself out there. And it also works for us, right? As an adult, this is, this is the thing you can watch the kids go through it and think about your own child doing it. You can think about mm-hmm. your history and your growing up and whether you did or did not do it, but you can't go back and change that. What you can do is affect the, the present and Sometimes we struggle with this now. I, I mean, maybe we're shy now and we don't put ourselves out there and we can learn something from Kayla, even though we're 30 years old. Definitely. I think so. And um, yeah, it just 
I think you said it best, just the, the courage to take that next step. If you know, if you know yourself or you have, you're trying to tell yourself to be yourself, the, the next step is finding other people who will, who will dig that, you know? And, and I love, I loved your story about just being able to find the right niche or club. Even if it sticks great, if it doesn't, she's made friends and she's learned a little something along the way. And I, I wish, I wish every kid could find that kind of outlet or club or niche or thing. And I know this is getting ahead of ourselves in terms of the progression of the film, but this film really takes a turn and brightens up when she meets that, that senior mentor from the trans, you know, from the high school shadow thing where she just lights up because, Oh my gosh, she has a friend and a yeah. friend who listens to her and gives a crap. And he wants to hear her stories and, and brings her along to the mall and all that. And, and just that level of inclusion and and we said the word earlier validation and attention makes such a difference you just see that girl slouch loosen a little bit when she's around that high school girl olivia and it like you said mentor kids or inclusive kids it's such like it's such a difference where i i, I mean it's unrealistic i think as parents to expect our kids to always be a plus leaders and things like that but if they can just be welcoming and communal and inclusive that that's enough for me. Like you don't have to be the rock star leader or the front man. Just, just let other people in, you know, that's that's what I'm just looking for that. Even with a five-year-old, let alone a 15 year old, like you are. So that's, I love the way you said that. That's a great lesson for parents to take away from this is to teach your kid, those qualities, point those out in this movie and say, Hey, be like Olivia. Right. Like other kids that you meet. Like you, you don't need perfection. You don't need to be the valedictorian. Just be Olivia. Just yep. be a welcoming presence. I'd be, be a great. Great. I, I see a meme. Just be Olivia. Yeah. You know, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the next one actually ties into this so well because you know she's still at that party and it's being confident. And mm-hmm. we get the great funny moment where Aiden comes walking over, and of course we get the hyper senses again, and she's freaking out when he's coming in, and he's like, "I'm just getting my phone." <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. like, ah. Mm-hmm. Ah, ah, ah. Um, and then she goes in and she, you know, we, we, I love that the, the sound drops away. Um, mm-hmm. you kind of get like a backdrop of a score and there's just no words. You can't see the, you, you see their mouths moving, but you can't hear what they're saying as she's doing this karaoke and she's getting some attention. And then there's some voiceover as she's doing the video. And what stuck out to me is she says, confidence is a choice, which I thought was brilliant coming mm-hmm. out of the mouth of a 13 year old girl. And she says, you can't be brave without being scared. And I'm like, my gosh, seriously, I was, all I could think of is life lesson. Like Don's review is going to be 15 pages long (laughs) Um, because I personally really resonate with this idea of, you know, confidence being a choice. I didn't always have it, but it is a choice. You know, when you start a podcast, you don't expect people to want to listen to you. You don't expect people to like your voice or care what you have to say. But if you start believing in yourself and what you are saying and you believe in your preparation, uh, my, my sports star here in the Seattle area, Russell Wilson, always says the separation is in the preparation. Mm-hmm. If you do that, you are choosing to be confident. And yeah. boy, oh boy, does it make a difference. And uh, that's where I think that the, the parent and kid combined conversation from this film can go is can a parent notice or even encourage the confidence angle, you know, can, can they notice when their kids are confident and put them in, put their children then in better situations where that happens? Or at the same time, can a parent, 
even though it's not a dinner table and a throne green bean, can they at least nudge their kids to, hey, you got this. You know, you're good at this one thing of this one, whatever interest you have, go after it. You know, can can they be a cheater as much as they can be a counselor? And I think if their parent can do that, in, in especially if a kid has that mentality as Michaela does to do that. And that's probably one of those few moments in the film where um, the performance of Elsie Fisher, who's awesome, by the way, one of the best child performances I've seen in a long time. And I, when I was looking up her filmography, she's the it's so fluffy littlest girl from Despicable Me. Which Agnes, is, I know, looked at too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but she, she just nails it. Like, uh, I, I say this a lot when I, when I review child actors, you know, but, um, you can tell people who are overcoached and just over, over analyze and overdo a line reading or a reaction. And it just doesn't feel natural. It just feels like the fifth take of something they've scripted and tried out. So for, even though these words are coming from Bo Burnham, who's a 30 year old comedian, and you would think like, like you said, uh, being able to say confidence is a choice. Like, is that too smart for a, for a kid to do? But then you see, for example, like your daughter, all these examples of things where no, a, these kids do pick up all that stuff because we harp it on them and they do pick that, that stuff up from the things they idolize and follow where it's not that unrealistic that, kids can say those nuggets and really mean it, you know, um, where it's not too smart for the room. It's not this ultra perfect, amazing, because too many of these coming of, coming of age stories have, I like to call it the Ferris Bueller character, somebody who's clearly wiser, older and smarter than their age. And it's cool because we're like, wow, that guy's just amazing. You, you know, want to be that guy. It's an idolization. Right. It is. And it's idolization because of extreme talent, you know, and, but, but, this girl isn't, you know, Kayla is a, plenty of a script. She's mis, she's most quiet, you know, she's, she has these ideas, but doesn't put them in use. And that's enough to be like, well, there's still work to be done there. Absolutely, man. Well, the, the last two lessons kind of are not as impactful. There's the last one is our next to last one. She ends up putting the box away and she kind of quits on the, the videos. And then of course she comes back and she does a final video where she's, doing another time capsule to herself. But mm-hmm. the last video after being confident that is a full on one is about growing up and mm-hmm. something really resonated with me in this one too. She says, you can decide what you don't like about yourself and change things. Wow. Like, yeah. I mean, that is a, a bomb drop. And here's the thing. I can tell my 15 year old, my 13 year olds, I can tell them that all day long. Until I'm yep. blue in the face. Yeah. But I'm dad. And they're going to hear it in a very different way. But when they see Kayla in this movie, this awkward girl going through these stages, not making some miraculous transition into beauty queen or valedictorian, right. things like that. She's just going through the motions of life in a 10 day span. But she kind of gets to this point where she realizes and says, you know, it's confidence is a choice. And when you do grow up, you get the opportunity to change things about yourself. And that's cool too. Yeah. Man, that's some powerful stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and it's true to the age too, because there is such a huge transition from middle school to high school where the independence level goes up, the responsibility level goes up and the social impact level goes up. So no, it, it, it's accurate and it's spot on. And like you said, I, I think 
enough kids see it from older peers, even if it's not a very inclusive one. They just see all the kids above them and see them drive and they see them get ready for college. And they, they see all these big aspirations that are in front of them. And, and there's enough of the, the draw of, I want that. I'm ready for that. I want to be ready for that, that they put themselves in that course to say, all right, it's eighth grade. I, I can't be a kid anymore. I, I need to, I need, and I need to, I need to get to a better place because I want all those things that I see everyone else have because they're older and cooler than me. So for them to get there is, is, is quite the place. You know, I, I meant to ask you through, through this whole process. Um, you, you took your daughter to see this. Will you take your son to see this? I won't take him to see it. Probably. I will most likely buy the movie though. Uh, mm-hmm. the moment that it comes available, I want to own it and I will watch it with both of them together. Yeah. Um, actually, I don't know if I'll watch it with him. I might watch it with him alone first because I'm afraid that if I watch it with him and her in the room, that yeah. there will be a different dynamic where he's imagining her more than he would without her being in the room. And it might yeah. become kind of a, a more of a funny fest between the two of them because they're really, they get along great. I have great kids and they are mm-hmm. really lucky that they are best friends. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm glad you bring that up. It gives me something to think about. But I won't probably take him to the theater. I'll wait and I will um, purchase yeah. it. There's just too many movies for me to go see as a critic to make <laughs> I hear you. things multiple times. That's hard. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a good question. Um, I do think, to the point though, I do think the boys can get almost as much out of this as girls. Because this is not a gender-based issue. No, um, I agree. Now, some of the things Kayla goes through are probably tougher and we see more of a boy's generalization perspective on the periphery, like in that sex ed class, you know, where, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my gosh, where I don't even want to talk about it, but like you, boys are doing boy things. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so like they may relate with that, even though it's not the main character. I mean, I hope yeah. so. If my son relates with that, we got a problem. And have, have I mean, I, I even think it's, it's a good moment for boys that age to watch it with just that, that, that shaking finger in front of them, like, Look at what this girl has to go through. They all go through that. Not just this one girl, not just your sister. All the girls have to go through this crap. Don't remember that person. when you're interacting with them, right? right. Yeah. Like, don't be a person that adds to this crap. You know, like it's, it's for the boys, in my opinion, it's pure cautionary tale. Like, hey, it's a warning video. Don't be, don't be this person. Don't be that dumb boyfriend guy who, who's such a douchey smoothie. It's hilarious. Oh I mean, man, it's, it's, un- it's inexplicably funny. <laughs> that's but. a great word for a douchey smoothie because I was like, man, that's that's pretty smart. He's like, I'm sitting here with my shirt off. You think I'm comfortable? I was like, mm-hmm. dude, that's way too suave. Like, I would have come up with that line, and it probably would have worked. Um, thank goodness it didn't in this movie. But um, yeah, the one other main thing I wanted to just hit on was that final scene between her and her father. So much happens in this moment leading up to it. He, she's come home. And she walks out and she's like, I need you to help me do something because you're the adult. And he's like, what? And she's like, I need to burn some things. <laughs> and he says, what? And she goes, oh, I don't know. Just sort of my hopes and dreams. <laughs> and I mm-hmm. laughed out loud. I busted out laughing out loud because it was so true. I mean, if anybody who's ever burnt like a box of you know notes and letters and pictures from an old girlfriend or boyfriend will completely relate to that. And that's not what this is, but it's it's kind of parallels to that in some ways yeah Yeah. um and so they go out there and there's just so much great dialogue and like i said the dad to the daughter relationship nailed me right here so my whole connecting point would have fallen in this area if we were you know 
particularly going into that section. Yeah. He tells her how he can't even describe how easy she makes it to love her and how proud he is of her. Um, and he, he tells her how much he hates that feeling that you can't do anything. Mm-hmm. That is my worst feeling in my life is to want to be able to provide something for my child and not be able to do it. Even at, you know, at any age, you know, yep. this as well. Oh, gosh, yes. And when this all goes down and they're burning it and he says, uh, I can't even think about it without getting, you know, emotional. But he says to her, he says, you make me brave. Oh boy. Like mm-hmm. I, this is how I see my daughter. Um, yeah. Ooh, as well. And, um, and then, you know, she climbs in his lap and she's sitting there and she's got her arms around. And I mean, I'm dying. Like I'm just like right this moment, honestly, like I'm trying very hard to just hold back the tears because of how much I relate to that and, yeah. and how tender of a moment and a perfect of a moment for this father and mm-hmm. daughter to have is, and how realistic, honestly, yes. as well. Because it's, it's not a movie moment either. It's not orchestra swells. It's not some sky crane shot. You know, it's, it's, it's daughter and father in the backyard. Like you said, burning childhood a little bit, but, um, I'm with you. I, I, I really enjoy that moment because of just, just how simple approachable and plain it is. And, and I think where I relate to this, where you say connecting point and I say life lesson is, is again, that shared experience. Like for as much as the kids are going through this, in terms of finding their way and, and discovering who they are as a person, um, these teenage years are a parent's kind of home stretch and finishing chance to see if all the work they've done and all the caring and preparation, emotional work, physical work, financial work, whatever you want to call it, all those efforts, have they worked? Do I got a kid who's who's in a good place? Do I have a kid who's going to make it? Do I have a kid that's going to succeed and in, 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 in turn into the best version of themselves that we've always hoped for? And I think that's why I say shared experience. I don't know if I even wrote it that detailed in the lesson in the review, but that's what I get out of that is it, it's, it's on us as much as it's on them. And that's why I keep calling it shared experience. Like, And why seeing the film in that way it works is that, but also living and understanding these moments together outside of a movie is entirely worth worth every parent's time even if it means more losses than wins in in the in the record column because you're still going to have green beans and dinner you know you're still going to have rolled eyes and dad jokes but through every rolled eye and dad joke you know that your kid still is there and still hears you and they see a present parent even if it's not the best even if it's not the coolest the fact that you're there makes it still shared and I, it makes it still possible that someday that finish line is going to work. Yeah. And I, that's what I get out of that scene for sure. That's great. Gosh, I don't know if there's anything else to be said. Do you have anything that we haven't touched on you want to bring up? Oh, um, I, I'll send a shout out to Bo Burnham. Um, this is this is such a smart debut for a guy. Unbelievable. Um, <laughs> the fact that a middle-aged white guy can can channel this story, um, and like I said, without turning it into a quip fest and a gag fest like American Pie, um, it's just such it's it's smooth, it's smart, it's polished, um, and brave. You know, um, his Q and A at the at the screening I was at was really good because um he the impetus of this film was out of um, internet anxiety. Uh, he looked at the device culture and he looked at just the landscape of what kids are going through in a, in a, not just in a connectivity way, but just in a, 
uh, outward expression in documentation way. And he, that freaked him out even in his twenties as a comedian, who's trying to get his, like you said, his voice and his confidence out there as a, as a performer and how he, even in his adulthood, couldn't handle social media and all the stuff that that's out there. And gosh, we're seeing Twitter blow up today just because of silly things. So, um, he, out of that anxiety, was kind of born this story and the, this, this notion of being able to tell this. And, um, you know, he, it was great because he did a Q and a and the, you know, it's a, it's a typical film festival Q and a where the people who stand in line are all these, unfortunately, you know, older ish, our age, you know, white guys who think they're a filmmaker too, and wanted to ask about some stilly question of craft or framing or something like that. And he's like, you know, and what he, kind of lens did you use when Kayla was in the, Oh car? gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, he, he noticed further back in line were more women. And he's like, he, and he, he used more profanity than I'm going to use in your show. Cause we keep it clean here. But, uh, he's like, get, get that out of the way and let's get some real questions up here. You know? So he, he was very matter of fact and Frank and I, and one great nugget I'll share is the last question from the Q and a, an actual eighth grader was in the crowd and his mom brought him to the movie. And, uh, he, uh, and the people who were in line, luckily the film nerds let this kid come up front to the microphone and get his question out there. And, um, and he, he's still a stand-up comedian where he's like, you know, he looks over to where mom was sitting. He's like, you're real glad, real glad you brought your son to this. How'd you feel about the car scene? Huh? You know, and just eliciting that laugh. But at the same time, he brought the kid up on stage and not just the mic in the audience. And he sat down on the floor, had the kids sit down on the floor with him. And they had that. They just had a quick conversation over the microphone of, Hey, what'd you think about this film? What, what can you feel about your parents? What can you feel about this kid? And it, it was just hushed quiet in a raucous Q and a turned into look at, look at Bo go. And, and just like from not just, you know, not just do his handlers and do a 24, get this film. You watch the director himself, peel away all the questions and all the art and just talk to people. And this film can do that as good as he can on the fly. That's and amazing. I think that that was a, such a cool thing to see. Like, this isn't just a polished product. This is a guy who gets it and put out a great story. And I, I, my, my hat tip here is, is to Bo Burnham. He just, this is really, really something. Um, Thank you for sharing I, that because I, yeah. that is a great story. I completely agree. And for listeners who don't know who Bo Burnham is as a comedian, uh, he's done some work for, I think, Funny or Die. And he also was in The Big Sick. So yep. he is one of the comedians that is Kamal's friends. Um, he's, I forgot his name in the film, but he's the one that's like going places, mm-hmm. right? He's the stronger one of the group. Um, the kind of thin, scrawny white guy. Uh, that's yeah. Burnham for you. So if you want to see him acting, go watch The Big Sick, which is also a phenomenal movie. And then Elsie Fisher, like this movie is not the same without Elsie Fisher. And it, She's awesome. Know, the pairing of those two together was just lightning in a bottle. And then like you said, I'm so glad you mentioned Josh Hamilton. You know, I came into this not expecting to care about anybody but Elsie Fisher because that's the centerpiece, but his ability to invoke the feelings, the mannerisms of myself and what I expect most fathers of girls this age go through was just perfect. Uh, I agree. And I loved every bit of it. So yeah, this movie is a knockout. Absolutely. One of the best of 2018. Mm-hmm. And um, please go see it, everybody. Dom, where can people find your review for eighth grade and your review for other stuff? And what else are you doing on the film criticism spectrum? 
Sure. Um, in terms of finding me, uh, search anywhere you want to, Twitter, Facebook, or otherwise. Um, every movie has a lesson. Every movie has a lesson.com is where you find me there. Uh, at Casablanca Don is my Twitter handle to go with that. Um, as a local shout out for this, um, to my Chicago friends who hear me, because this also goes out to Seattle and goes to my neck of the woods too. Bo Burnham is in town tonight and tomorrow to do more Q and A's at our local screenings here at the music box. So the Chicago crowd that hears this, check out the music box, um, check out AMC river East and the landmark century. He's doing three different nights at three different screenings throughout the day here in town this weekend, because it premieres here. So um, my local audiences seek Bo Burnham out, because like I said, if you enjoyed that little nugget, that I told you of a story, he's going to, he's going to be able to relate and explain this them to you in, in in such a personal and cool way so um don't just find me find bo burnham awesome and you can find me on twitter at feeling film aaron or tweeting from the main show account at feeling film and you can always interact with both don and i in the feeling film facebook group which you can find a link to in the show notes or on the website or by just typing feeling film into this search bar in uh, facebook itself we'd love to have you come be a part of that conversation it is a wonderful place with all kinds of great movie lovers of varying types and dispositions and uh, different uh, diversity. It's just a smorgasbord of people. Uh, yeah, they they sure. impressed and me today, man. Today was impressive. We had, uh, you know, for anyone that is current in, in culture, pop culture, James Gunn, uh, we're not going to get into this, but James Gunn, the director of Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2, was fired by D- Disney today for some tweets that he made in 2008 and 2009 that were dug back up. Um, and they are very unflattering tweets to say the least. Um, and essentially there's a big conversation about this and whether or not this firing was legitimate, whether it was fair. And most groups on Facebook, you will see this conversation turn into a flame war where Ooh. people begin personally attacking each other. They're getting it politicized and it's left and right and conservative and liberal and all of this stuff. Our group has people with very strong opinions on both sides of the coin and we were over like 220 comments last time I checked yeah. and not a bit of vitriol in this. Lots of people saying the words, wow, thanks for bringing that point up. I'm looking at it a little yeah. bit differently. Um, I see it. I see what you're saying there without agreeing to a different side. It is just a really wonderful conversation. So that's the kind of thing that we like to have in our group. And we're very right. proud of that. So if you want to be a part of movie conversations like that, come join the group. With that being said, thank you for listening to this. We appreciate it. And uh, give us a rating on uh, iTunes or Google or Stitcher if you like the podcast. And until then, stay positive and keep feeling filled. Gucci!